welcome to Portico. We are glad that you are here. Um, I, uh, my name is Johnny, and I'm uh, one of the pastors on staff here, and uh, I am just super excited to be with you this morning. Um, normally, I'm over across the, the way over here with the youth, and so I'm really excited to be here with you. I feel like God's got a great, uh, a great service, a great message for us. If you're uh, here for the very first time, or you haven't just maybe just forgot your Bible, if you want to slip up your hand, one of our ushers can help you. Uh, they can give you a Bible to use for the morning, and uh, that way you can follow along. Or if you have a smart device, you can go ahead and open up version. Go to the live events, do a search for either Portico or Mississauga, and you'll find our notes there as well. Um, I, uh, I've got a couple of announcements as we're, as we're starting off here uh, that I want to make sure I, I cover. There, there's a lot of life happening here in this church, and uh, there's, there's things happening all over the place all the time, and um, all the announcements in your bulletin are important. I'm just going to draw your attention to a couple of them real quickly. We have, um, if you weren't here last week, you wouldn't have heard that Pastor Rick... Uh, and Amanda Carroll have come back on our staff. They just couldn't get enough. They, they, they thought they could and they couldn't. So they're coming back and rejoining us. And uh, they're going to be giving leadership to our Milton campus, and uh, which we're very excited about. They're going to be fully dedicated to Milton. Pastor Jeff is coming back here to the main campus. And uh, it's a great, great time uh, for our, our Milton campus. It's going to be a really great opportunity. And um, also, uh, there, you know, we've been kind of without a full-time uh, without a dedicated worship leader out in Milton, and Jeremy Tozer is going to be, woo, that's what I'm saying. Jeremy Tozer is one of our young adults who also is our worship leader for student ministries. He's going to be out there on Sunday mornings leading worship, and so we're super, very excited about that. If, you've, if you're in the area in Milton, you've been kind of going back and forth, and you've been trying to decide where, where you're going to land, I would say this, make sure you go out there and check out uh, the Milton campus, because it's, it's, there's a lot of good things happening over there. They've got a lot of energy. They're starting midweek programming and a lot of really great things. And so make sure uh, that you, uh, you give that a try. Uh, we also have um, on September the 14th, Saturday, September 14th, uh, we have a Beth Moore conference for the women that's here on our campus. If you uh, want to uh, get information on that, make sure you look at the information center and they can get you all the information on that. And as well, we have our Portico um, All-Church Picnic uh, is on September the 8th, uh, and uh, we'll be at, there's, there's, uh, there's all the information you need on that. It's going to be a good time for us to be together as a church family, spend time together, and, uh, and uh, fellowship. So that's a great word, isn't it? Fellowship. We don't really use that enough in our everyday language. We need to fellowship together. So, um, so make sure you get information on that uh, as well. Um, I, uh, I also want to just draw your attention to, uh, I don't know if you've, when you're walking in, you may have seen signs on our windows or, or, uh, there's a couple of banners in the hallways, or maybe you've just been hearing about this new series we have coming up for our fall. Uh, in September, October, we're, we're starting a new series. It's called Why on Earth Am I Here? And, um, all of our campuses, all of our ministries, all of our venues are all aligning around this same series. We're all going to be talking about the same things. It's going to be uh, a fantastic uh, way for our church to come together and be aligned. And it's, it's a great, great topic. Listen to this. It's asking the question, why on earth am I here? I don't know if you gathered that from the, the title or not, but um, why on earth am I here? It's saying this, what if, what's my purpose? What has God put me here in my situation right here, right now, in my world with the people around me? Why on earth am I here? And, uh, you know, here's the great thing about that is that everybody we come in contact with are all asking those same kind of questions. Why am I here? What's the purpose? What's the point? What's the point of my life? And so it's a great opportunity for you to, to bring friends to as well. It's, it's going to be a, a fantastic couple of months. And so you're not going to want to miss it. If you're in a small group, there's a ton of small group material for you. 
Um, and so you can check that out in the information center. Or if you're here and you're saying, man, I, I really like, I'd like to get involved in a small group. This is a great chance. Uh, you can plug into a, a, a group that's just starting or plug into a pre-existing group. Make sure you stop by the information center and uh, they can get you all the information on that. It's going to be a fantastic uh, fall. We're really excited about everything that's happening for the fall. So um, make sure you don't miss out on that. Uh, we're going to be starting this morning in First John chapter 1. Um, and uh, this morning, as I, or this week as I was preparing this message, um, I, 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 just, I, I was drawn immediately to... Uh, to this reading from Life Journal, and uh, I'm, what I'm going to do this morning is I'm going to share some of my observations on this passage and maybe how I'm applying it. And I'm hoping and, and believing that it's going to, to speak to you the same way that it's spoken to me. And uh, like I said, I'm very excited about this message. I feel like this is is, uh, is something very key and very timely for us as a church. And uh, so I'm happy to be here to be able to share it with you. Um, let me just give you some background information on First John real quickly. First John was written by John um, to a church. Uh, that we're not really sure of. We don't know which church that it was written to, but we do know this. We know that it's a church that is experiencing uh, some penetration by false doctrines, where people, they're, they're hearing all kinds of voices about uh, who Jesus was. It all came down to the identity of Jesus. And that's a main, that's a big issue. That's a big topic. And um, if we don't get it right who Jesus is, then we could be completely just uh, out to lunch, out to left field. So, John has heard the rumblings that there's something, something happening in this particular church, and he knows he needs to step in and he needs to address it. And so he sends this letter to the church. And um, it, was, it was specifically rumblings about who Jesus is, like, was he a ghost? Was he, they had all kinds of just kind of uh, crazy things that they were, people were saying about who Jesus was. And, G, and John begins to, um, he opens up this, this letter to the church. Um, really what I feel like is he's making his opening statement. He's saying, listen... This is who we are. This is what we've seen. And, uh, and, and you know, you can trust who we are. You can trust what we're saying here today. So we're going to kind of jump in here. We're going to jump in at 1 John chapter 1. We're going to start at, uh, at verse 1. And um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this, just this first part of verse 1. I'm going to stop here for a second, okay? It says this. That which was from the beginning. I don't know if you've read the, the, the gospel of John. Uh, also written by John, but he starts off the gospel of John the same way, doesn't he? He says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, right? He starts off, he's saying this, he's laying the groundwork that Jesus has always been. He's saying, Jesus was there in the beginning. He was there from the beginning of time. He watched and formed everything come into being. There is nothing on earth that he was not a, a participant in making. He was there from the beginning. And as I was reading this, this it, honestly, this, this first part has nothing to do with my message, but I, just, I felt like I had to share it with you. And I'll just premise it that way so you're not going, well, how does this tie in? But I had this thought, can you imagine if the person that you were working for, following, um, uh, the person who had been teaching you for all of these years, you, have, you just come to the realization, wait a minute, Jesus was in the beginning. He's God. He knows everything. I'm following the only expert on everything. He's the only person who knows everything there is to know about everything. He was there from the beginning. And I had this thought, and I, I had this thought like in our staff meetings, um, we come together and as we're all kind of gathering there, we kind of say, hey, did you hear this? Did you hear that? You know, and did you hear about this? Did you hear about this new gadget? Did you hear about, the, you know, whatever. We're kind of just shoot the breeze while we're uh, waiting for everyone to get there. And some people are really late. I'm just going to tell you that. <laughs> just kidding. But seriously. Um, 
So, um, I'm always early. Just want to say that. Um, but so, can you imagine if you're in that conversation and the person that you follow, the person you've always followed, the person you work for, whatever the situation is, that they knew everything ahead of time? So you, if you were to start and say, hey, Jesus, did you hear about... Yep. But, okay, but did you hear that this... Yep, I heard that too. But, yeah. Okay, I'm just going to done. Because like, all the small talk would just be gone, right? Like, Jesus probably was able to just cut right through all the small talk and get right to the heart of the issue. That was my free statement. I don't know. You can, you can take that for what it's worth. I thought it was a very interesting statement, but apparently you guys don't, so that's cool. I'm going to move on. So, First John chapter 1. I should have I gathered that from the very first service, but I just didn't work in that either. Okay. Just going to write myself some notes here. <laughs> Thank you. So, First John chapter 1. Uh, starting at verse 1, it says this, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, and we have seen it and testify to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. Um, I, I want to start with this with a with a series uh, with a, sorry with a with a story. I um, when I was in high school, my father had begun uh, just really poking and prodding me to take some some drafting courses, some engineering courses in high school. And at that point, I knew that I didn't have a math mind, that I was not going to be an engineer. And so I thought, Dad, that is just not going to happen. Like, I'm, I know it's awesome that that's what you do, but I just, that's just not going to, that's just not me. And he kept saying, listen, just take a drafting course. That way, even in the summers, you can work for me and you can have a good job that pays good money. He had his own engineering firm. And uh, I remember just thinking, Dad, that's just not going to happen. And so I didn't take a single drafting course. I didn't listen to him. So then I graduated from high school. And uh, I remember, you know, I had, uh, I was looking for a job. I had a couple of, of, you know, just halfway decent jobs. but just didn't pay very much money. And I remember getting to the point where I realized um, the best paying job I'm going to have is working right now for my father. And that was the first time in my young adulthood that I had the realization that wow, dad was right about that. And so I remember going and, and saying, and, and he had been asking, do you want to work for me? Do you want to work for me? And I was like, no, 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 I'm going to find something. And finally I went back to him and said, dad, you know what? I'd like to work for you. So I remember my first day of work, I'm sitting in, in, in the office and uh, he walks in and he puts this big, huge manual in front of me. And it says on the very top of it, AutoCAD. And he says, you better start reading because we got a lot of work to do. And you didn't do this when you were in high school. So I had to start learning drafting and computer-aided drafting, and I was doing all kinds of engineer-related tasks, and, and I was, you know, doing drawings for him and everything, and I had no idea what I was doing. I was figuring this all out on the way. Our main client was Ford Motor Company, so I was doing all of this major stuff for a major automotive company, and I was just tripping over everything. I remember just being so just freaked out. I remember one time he called me and he said, Johnny, uh, I'm sending, uh, you know, um, this is during the fax days. He says, I'm faxing you a list of questions. I need you to call and, um, and talk to so-and-so at Ford Motor Company and, and get these answers. I need them, you know, they're, they're really important. And I'm like, okay, yeah, he's giving me the questions. I, this I can do. I, no problem. I can talk on the phone. 
So I, I make the phone call, and the person on the other end, you know, I, I, I rattle off all of my questions, and at the end of the, the, after I'm done asking, he says, okay, but I've got a, you know, I can do that, but here, let me, let me give you a question. And so he answers off, he rattles off this question, and now I'm not on my script anymore. And I'm like, uh, well, um, you know, that's a really good question. And, um... I'm just scrambling and I'm doing everything I can to, number one, not sound like a kid because I was 18 years old. I was a kid. Sorry if you're 18. but um, And then uh, I was also doing my best to not sound like a bonehead, which I have a hard time doing most of the time. So I'm, I'm just backpedaling and I'm doing everything I can to sound like I know what I'm talking about but not really, really know what I'm talking about, right? And I remember just being so flustered and so flabbergasted. And the person on the other end was like, okay, I guess get back to me. You don't know this and we're paying you, but okay. I remember hanging the phone just going, oh, you idiot. I can't believe, you know, but I had no idea. I didn't have a really good working knowledge of really what I was asking, right? And here's the deal. We're looking at this book and we're talking about a church that has, was experiencing some false doctrines. It was having some, some, some hard times. And John starts off with this amazing um, passage that um, I get just even worked up just even reading it. He says this. This is who we are. This is what we saw. We saw these miracles. We saw God do this. We lived it. We were a part of these miracles. Every single day we lived with Jesus. And we walked with him. And we talked with him. We heard everything he had to say. We were there for everything. We have first-hand information. We're not just some Joe Schmo, some everyday guy who just is saying, talking about a legend or talking about a myth. We were there. Our, this was our life. This was it. We lived it and breathed it. The gospel, the message that we're telling you was our lives. And as I was kind of reading this and thinking through it, um, The first observation I made about this was this. The gospel is supposed to be lived. The gospel is supposed to be lived. Our lives are supposed to be telling the story of who Jesus is. Our lives, everything that we say, everything that we do, we are supposed to be living examples of who Jesus is, of who he was, and who he is today, right now. The gospel is supposed to be lived, and it's supposed to be lived by us. We're supposed to be the ones that carry this message. We're supposed to be the ones that love on people, and that every part of who we are, everything about us, is about Jesus. If we, you know, we, we, I did a wedding yesterday, and I was talking about, you know, um, about having a Christ-centered relationship. Right? Everything we talk about as Christians, we talk about being Christ-centered. But just take a moment and think about what that really means. To really be Christ-centered, it means that everything that we do goes through, filtered through the lens of who Jesus is. The gospel is supposed to be lived. And this is what really grabbed me in this passage um, that really spoke to me, is that we have to live it, and not just live it in the past and live it once in a while, or live it once a year on a trip, or live it 
you know, once a month when we're volunteering for a ministry or we're doing something. But every single day of our lives, we are supposed to live out the gospel, the good news, who Jesus is, what he did for us. Our lives are supposed to tell the story. The gospel is supposed to be lived. Now, I've, um, over the years, I've been kind of uh, labeled a little bit of a storyteller. Not in a storyteller kind of way, like this guy always, he's just, he lies. Like, not that kind of, <laughs> rest assured, like, that's not me. But, um, but I, I, I have, I really enjoy telling stories. And uh, I don't know why, but some, for some reason, crazy things seem to happen to me. And sometimes I can really use them in, in talking about the Bible and, and when, I'm, when I'm able to, to speak. And, but sometimes they're just plain, just dumb, funny things. So sometimes it, it works for me to be able to, to illustrate a story of who Jesus is or illustrate the Bible better. But sometimes it just makes you guys laugh at me, which I guess works out better for you than for me. But I like, I really enjoy telling a story. I really enjoy telling a story about what God's done in me. I love telling the story about what he's done for my family and, and the miracles that we've seen. I love telling those stories. Do you know what I hate, though? As I hate telling a story and seeing somebody's facial expressions that immediately transmits to me, I've told you this before, haven't I? Right? And so you'll hear me, especially the youth hear this all the time. I'm sorry if I repeat this story, if you've already heard this. I say it, like, all the time because I'm, I hate repeating a story. Um, I absolutely hate when I, that facial expression is the tell and I just hate the fact that I've already told you this and, and I don't remember or, or whatever. And so here's the thing. As I was thinking about all of this and, and, and putting all this together, um, the, the, this thought came to my mind is if I'm living the gospel, if I'm living the story of who Jesus is and what he's done in my life, then every single day, every moment of every day, every hour, everyone I'm encountering, I'm experiencing new stories if I'm following him. If I'm living it every day and I'm looking for opportunities to reach people, if I'm looking for opportunities to love on people, if I'm looking for opportunities to to share with people what he's done with me, then um, I am always in a place where I'm even, I'm experiencing new things all the time and I have new things that I'm, like God's given me new revelation from his word. He's, he's using me to touch this person. He's using, you know, if I'm always in him, if I'm always living out the gospel, then every single day I'm developing new experiences of how he's used me. Not repeat stories. Not having to draw back and think, well, back when I was 18 and we went on a trip and we did this and we saw God do this. No, what happened yesterday? Not, oh, you know, like years ago I used to do this and God, I saw really God, he really used my life. Not, not what did he do back then, but what is he doing right here, right now? John starts off this story and he says, this, this, this letter and he says this. He says, this is who we are. What we saw, what we experienced, we with our own hands touched. With our own eyes, we saw. With our own eyes, we walked around and, and, and bread was, was, um, was multiplied. That, that fish was multiplied. In my very own hands, I saw a basket completely never get empty. Today, he's saying, this is who we are. This is what we lived. Not a long time ago. He, he wasn't talking about a myth or a legend. He was talking about his life. He was coming and he wasn't, you know, the, 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 the reason why he's writing this letter is because they didn't have the, the, a full New Testament for the, for the church just to go back and just look and saw, see what happened. They were relying on letters like this. They were relying on what they had heard and what they had seen. And John comes to him and he says, 
this was what we lived. This is it. We're not going back and trying to, to replicate something from back then. This is right here, right now, what's happening in my life. The gospel is supposed to be lived. And not just lived way back when, but lived right here, right now. Not lived one day when my schedule becomes more clear, but lived right here, right now. The gospel is supposed to be lived. He says this, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched. What I'm saying is this. We should be able to share stories about what God has done in us, what we've lived, what we've touched with our hands, what we've seen with our eyes. Every single day, this is the challenge that I'm drawing from here, is I want to live my life in such a way that every day I'm, I'm, I'm storing up these great memories of who he is and what he's done in me and through me. The gospel is supposed to be lived. Um, And uh, the second observation is this. Um, the gospel is supposed to be shared. He's, he says, uh, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. They, they, their job was to report to the churches. Their job was to, to raise up all these churches. And they were proclaiming who Jesus was and what he had done. And this is what we're supposed to do. Everything, that we, everything about us, the reason why we are here is to be a witness to the world. He's put us here to reach the world. He's saying this, and I know this isn't new. This isn't some kind of new, uh, you know, like thing you've never heard before, but we are supposed to share the gospel. And I know we all know that, but here's the thing. If we're living the gospel, if we're doing everything we can to stay in step with who he is, and we're gathering all of these experience with him using us and using us to reach people and using us to connect with people and using us to help people out and show people the love of Christ, using us to, to help somebody who's in need or to fill a need over here. If we're always following after him, if we are living out the gospel, then sharing the gospel is this natural thing because all of a sudden we have all of these things that we can talk about. Well, you know, this is what God's done for me. You know, this is what he's done in my life. Let me tell you what I've experienced. Let me tell you what God has done for me. I know maybe you're a skeptic, but let me tell you what he's done for me. These everyday experiences that open up opportunity for us to share the gospel, to share the good news. And we can't be satisfied to share um, the, the fact that we've shared the gospel before. We've got to continually be, be putting ourselves out there. And here's the thing. I know it's really easy for us to kind of get into our comfort zones. And we get into a pattern. And, and life be kind, of, be, kind of becomes a little bit easier. We kind of get, you know, I know the, the fall is coming. And we're going to all do our best to kind of really quickly get back in line with, with, um, with uh, getting kids off to school. And, and get our rhythms and our patterns established, right? So that we kind of get the system down. I know what that's like. But part of getting that system down, we cannot forget that we are supposed to be living out the gospel and sharing the gospel. And so this comfort zone that we develop, this kind of, yeah, I know where I'm going and everything. I know what to expect and all of those things. Man, that is only uh, meant for, 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 for certain experiences and certain, certain situations. But our lives are supposed to tell the story, continually tell the story. We're continually supposed to be sharing the good news with everybody that we come in contact with. We're supposed to always be telling people about the love of Christ and showing people the love of Christ. The gospel is supposed to be shared. Um, here's my last observation. 
is uh, the gospel leads us to light. The gospel leads us to light. In um, 1 John chapter 1, if we continue on, starting at verse 5, it says this, This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and we do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. So what I've learned uh, early on is that to continually live my life in such a way to have new stories and new experiences in which to be able to draw from and to share with other people what God's done in my life. Um, not so much so that I just have another story to show, but because it's evidence of him working in my life. It's evidence of him doing something in me and through me. It's evidence of his hand guiding and directing everything that I do and everything that I say. And um, as I share the stories of what God's done and I share new revelation that I've read in Scripture or, I, or, or the Scripture's coming alive and guiding me or whatever He's doing in me, um, here's the deal. is I'm walking in the light. As I live the gospel, as I share the gospel, I'm walking in the light. And sometimes we read this part of the passage and we can get discouraged. We can look and we can say, oh man, and I'm in it all the way up to here. Like, I, you know, I know that I'm going to trip. And I know I'm going to fall. I know that there's, I'm not perfect. And here it's reading about, you know, not having any fellowship with darkness, yet I, I fall and I make mistakes and I can be a rotten person and all of those things. I totally understand it. And I want to, sometimes we get to this passage and we say, okay, that's it. I'm done. I, I, I can't do this. Um, but listen to this. John isn't saying that we all have to be absolutely perfect. It's not, it's not what he's saying at all. He's not saying that you're never going to be able, you're never going to trip, you're never going to fall. He's not saying that. He's saying that when you're doing all that you can and living out your faith and sharing it with others and doing your best to walk in the light, listen, listen to what he says in the scripture here. He says, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. It means this, when we're walking and we're sharing and we're living and we're doing all of that, we're walking in the light. And as we walk in the light, Jesus picks us up when we fall. He dusts us off and he puts us back on the right track and he says, here, don't be dismayed. Don't stop. Keep going. Keep moving because you're making a difference in the kingdom. You're making a difference in people's lives. Don't, don't worry. Don't look back. Don't look around. Just keep on moving because I'm going to use you to reach the world around you. When we're sharing and living out the gospel and we're walking in the light, Jesus is right there with us. And he knows that we're not perfect. We do our best to, to, to follow his love and his word by the law. But sometimes we trip and sometimes we fall. But when we're doing everything we can, he picks us up, dusts us off, puts us in the right direction and shoves and says, go, don't stop. Maybe you're here today and, and you felt like you've been trying to kind of stay on that right path, but you keep on getting knocked down, you keep on getting pushed around, and you feel like there's just no hope for you. I want to say this to you today. Jesus purifies all sin. When we do our best, when we follow him, he forgives all sin. And he puts us on it, and he says, this is it. You're my child. You're my ambassador. Don't stay down. Keep moving. Don't let the world knock you around. 
Don't let it steal your joy. Don't let it think that you are, are anybody else but my child. Keep moving. And he purifies the rest. So here's the thing this morning. Um, I think that what stood out to me today when I, in this passage was that John was painting this picture of the way we're supposed to be living our lives. And it's easy to grow comfortable. It's easy to get into our routine that, that it can be safe and, 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 and look like everybody else's. Um, but I think what this passage is saying is this. This is what it spoke to me. So we need to live out the gospel. And we need to share it with everyone we, everyone we come in contact with. And, and, and so many different ways. That could be so many different things for so many of us. But we are supposed to be doing everything we can to stay in line with him, to stay in the light, and let him use us for his glory. That he, we would reach people with the gospel. That we would reach people with his love. That we would make a difference in this world. That's why we're here. You and I can be in the light. You and I can do this. Because we see so many people who've done it before us. And God wants to have great experiences for you tomorrow. When you leave this place, God wants to use you. When you go to the restaurant to eat, or you go home with family, he wants to use you. The gospel is supposed to be lived. The gospel is supposed to be shared. And the gospel leads us to light. Will you bow your heads with me this morning? God, we thank you for this day. And we thank you for your word. We thank you for how you use your word to speak to us today. And how it um, is a light for us, God, that we can look at it and we can see how we're supposed to live our lives and how we're supposed to, to be changing from the inside out and applying your words to our lives and to our hearts. And I pray for each and every person who's here this morning, God, I pray that you would give us the strength to keep moving. You would give us the strength, Lord, to put our heads down and, and, and uh, do the work you call us to do, Lord, to, to step out of the, uh, the comfort zones into the unknown, Lord, and allow you to use us for your glory. Lord, give us the power today to live your gospel, to share your gospel, and to walk in your light, God. We love you. We praise you. We give you honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen.